0: So today on Vulnerable, I have Jody Sweeten. She is an actress, an activist, a mom. She is an American. Jodi is a wonderful person, and I was really proud to have her on our podcast. And I do encourage you to keep an open mind because there's big topics here, and if you are ever having any questions about some of them, she answers a lot of things that I didn't even really understand. So vulnerable is uh, a way for you to come to understand things that maybe you haven't heard about before. So again, keep an open mind, and let's listen to Jodi on Vulnerable. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is The Vulnerable Podcast. Jody, thank you. This is like the third, fourth, I don't even know how many times you've given me your time. I mean, legit, like, I'm pretty sure you and I had a podcast before I had this actual podcast. I think every and time we I- do an interview, it's a podcast.
1: <laughs> it's, it like, it's, it's
0: its own thing. Well, you did the, the whole soup thing that we did. I that did. was fun. I did. And then I snagged you for, I guess, a version of that podcast. You know it's so funny about podcasts, right? It's like, when they are, at best, an extension of you you know, they become something that you germinate and ruminate about. And you're like, right. wow, I want to do this. I feel like that's where I was heading with having you sort of be in my office back then. It was either right before COVID or something like that. And and it was like in California and you were so cool to like come and be part of that. But it was like, I still have that recording somewhere. I still have that interview and I feel like shit because- right somewhere. <laughs> but then again, I was I was also on your podcast. You were really on my cool. podcast.
1: We have exchanged our time. Uh and yes. all, like I get to hang out with you and we met and we were like, oh my God, I love you and instant friends. And so oh, every I time I get too. to see you and do so stuff, much. it's it's fun.
0: Yeah, it's a good excuse to see your friends. In
1: all honesty, I'm like, wait, yeah. I did did I go down there another time and do a podcast? I don't remember. See, it's all a freaking blur. It's all a really. blur. I, I, It's most days. I'm but it's like, all good. Squi- it's all great it's stuff. But sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what I did yesterday. Yeah. Oh, girl, I know. And also, like, y- you've been busy. <laughs> I mean, life, you know, I, we both have. Shit, man. We're moms. We're <laughs> working actors. We're podcasters. We're all, we've
0: got all kinds of stuff going on. We're hustling. Yes. People don't understand that the hustle never
1: ends, man. Right. But it does sleep because I do like to get nine hours. So I'm
0: just... (laughs) You know what? That's what I need to learn from you too. Because I remember when we spoke about parenting and stuff on your podcast, we talked about that and sort of burnout, I think we talked about. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just talking about because you and your co-host, who I love, you guys were coming at it from a place of like, well... You know we have older kids, right? She's right. older yeah, too, yeah. Right? Her, hers are a, little, are a little bit younger little, than yours. Right? Well, her younger
1: is a little younger than mine, and her older one is a little older
0: than mine. So she's, yeah, got it, close. A nice spread between mm-hmm. you two, exactly. It was like I remember talking to you guys and just being like, guys, just tell me, can I get through this? <laughs> yeah, you will, you will, and I will. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like this whole culture of people being like, oh, then you're gonna miss it, and I'm like, I, I mean, I don't you know if might, but also like. That's life. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what happens is we
1: look back and we go, oh man, that's, I miss that stage of whatever. Like I miss being, you know, a teenager sometimes. Do I want to do it again? Absolutely not. But like some days I'm like, oh man, if I could just go back, you know,
0: don't beat yourself up too much. I'm telling you though on tiktok i see it a lot because i'm really active on tiktok and i'm the worst
1: i suck at tiktok
0: don't worry about it because i mean you're holding it down for both of us i guess so but if you ever (laughs) wanted to i would be happy to explain it and it's an interesting beautiful really beautiful place and then there's also some dark sides to it but but it's a really great place to aggregate uh, people and there's a really positive community. And interestingly enough, when people try to be negative in a person who's generally doing positive and informative content, they kind of get shown the door very, very quickly. Right, right. And it's pretty great. Oh, nice. And then there's some accounts like Drew Afualo, who's like whole entire brand is stitching chauvinist content and she'll like, roast these guys amazing. that have the worst right. things to say oh right. i have to send you some stuff she's amazing. oh yeah 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 sounds, and yeah i'm always she up now has a podcast and, is a baddie. and there's honestly there's a there's a really great community and and i'm really happy to be a part of it but it's also addictive <laughs> see that's the thing is i don't even like watching stories on
1: instagram i don't want to hear it I don't want to wait for people to talk. I want to be able to read a caption and move on. Like, so I am Good. still lagging well, in see, behind. see, I think Instagram isn't dying because, like, I think there is a market for it, personally. But I feel like people always want story. Like, stories are the big thing. And I'm like, I don't want to watch okay. things and listen and noise. And I just, I want to do this. I career. get that. I 100% get right. that. I want to waste that. my time scrolling in pure silence.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You're like, why do I want to hear a trending song? Right, That's right, like right. That's, like, annoying. Yes, yes. Until I think you, if, if especially for you and your brand, in terms of seeing what TikTok could offer you in terms of communication, I, I think if you were to look at it as a tool for that purpose, I would love to explain it in terms of. Yeah, I just don't how know how to work that. it.
1: I'm an old lady. Yeah. Like, I am such, no, I'm not. like, oh my God, this takes so much time. <laughs> Creating content <laughs> takes a so lot. I'm like, do I have to be creative? Oh, yeah. Like, can I just say something? It takes a lot of it's a lot.
0: It's weird. There's somebody like Alyssa Milano who does really great content where it's like her just in front of a wall that's right. black and yeah, then yeah, maybe yeah. a ring light, but like she's like doing her thing. And of course, you know, right. she's got a crazy engagement as we'll call it. And then she's repurposing that. But I don't know. I know you have an assistant sometimes, so maybe it's... I, this is the problem, right? It's delegating responsibility. I suck at delegating responsibility, and I'd rather just <laughs> abdicate
1: it. <laughs> I'd rather just abdicate it. There is no
0: judgment. Yeah. I think, like, I, especially as people who grew up working as much as us, I think you, you have to learn how to say no and how to understand your boundaries and how to understand your time is valuable. Um, You know,
1: I've gotten better at that lately. Like the, I think the pandemic in some ways made me like, well, I say I'm better at it. My fiance would probably gravely disagree. He'd be like, you haven't gotten any better at managing like your time and your rest. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to think I have, but I feel like I just learned a little more to be like, "Mm, no, I'm going to go home now. I'm not, I don't want to do this. Like I, I need a break. I need a, like, I need a moment to recharge.
0: Do you remember a time where you can actually share that? Like recently?
1: I could schedule my life to be busy every day and doing something constantly all the time. And like, sometimes those opportunities come up where it's like, Oh, do you want to go to this event? And you're, and, and working and, you know, all these things and kid stuff. And recently I feel whatever it was, it was something that I got asked to do. And it was like, I just was like, you know what? I need to be home like my kids did it. Like, I just was like, mm, yeah. Yeah. I don't have the energy. They don't have the energy. Like, we're just going to have a power down kind of day. And I, I used that. to feel like like you couldn't do that or like somehow it was, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? You feel like,
0: pushed. Right. It's like this weird pushing feeling. Right. Well, And, I and think, then you like, just burn out.
1: <laughs> I think growing up in this business and also then getting sobering, like getting your life together, there's something about... If you're like, if I say I'm going to do it, I have to show up no matter what. It's accountability. Right. It's accountability. And sometimes I'm like, but I'm not showing up for me. Like I've gone to the extreme of like, now I don't say no to any, like, I just got to be there all the time. And I'm like, but wait, there's a balance here. And it's like finding that balance of like being accountable, but also standing up for myself and Mm -hmm. allowing myself to recognize when I need like an afternoon or a day to just be like, I, I just can't today.
0: I'm really sorry. You, you just completely nailed that. And I love I love that you said that. Thank you. And isn't it crazy how mental health is now not a dirty word like or yeah. dirty phrase? Isn't it amazing? It's so much- It you makes know, me it really, so happy. Like, I'm really proud to be a sober person in this day and age where there's mocktails every nice restaurant you right. go to. There's like a whole mocktail menu and you can enjoy and have a nice fun little drink and like- it just it's such a cool time to be at least in this part for sure i think people
1: are definitely more i think just accepting in general of like whatever your Mm -hmm. life's like choices are like whatever you want to do like whatever works for you cool drink don't drink this that it's not as expected at least i'll you know i'll say here in la in california for me like it's a very there's a lot of sobriety here and there's a lot of not even sobriety but just Non-drinking culture, yeah, sober, curious, right, or just people that are like, yeah, no, I'm on a cleanse, or I don't know, whatever the fuck you're doing. Uh, But I feel like if you go to different parts of the world and the country, that might not be the case. Sure, sure. Maybe it's just the work we've gotten older too. Like we're out of that.
0: Yeah, have to drink true, party scene. You know what I mean.
1: Nobody's inviting us out to the bars anymore because they're like, "No,
0: you guys are old." Because we old <laughs> and our titties are hanging low. Yes, thank <laughs> God, right? Oh, low the hanging fucking titties. Freedom. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, man. I recently came to the understanding that my club ho days are now behind me. I was admittedly really, really trying to hang on to. That. I just don't have
1: that stamina anymore. The days of me. Being up for three, four days and going wild and being like, let's keep going. Now I'm like, let's sit down. Can we sit down now? Oh, my
0: God. I think about that a lot, actually. You know, I listen to house music. Yeah, me too. Okay. And, like, I love EDM. And yeah. I've been teased by just about every guy I've ever been with, my husband included, about, like, oh, you know, you're just an oomps, and, like, I, all right, you want to do is a party. My fiance teases and... me the
1: same thing, too. I'm like, it's, you know, I'm like, not as much as You're anymore. just, I, I like to like fucking... Right. I yeah, just, like, it's
0: to, just I like to go. I like to go. I, it's I a, you know what
1: it is? It's a check, like that kind of music for me, for someone who's, and I think you probably the same way, like whose brain is really busy. Yeah. Sometimes there's that, like, it's like a very methodic. You can just kind of absorb yourself into it without having to like process a lot. You know what I mean?
0: Yo, I didn't even think about that. It's like, it's similar to sensory stuff with mm-hmm. people and kids and stuff, right? Where it's like, where sometimes they need that to calm right. them down. Oh my right, God, right. I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. You just yeah. blew that out of the water. Well, I'm going to tell my husband that. Thank you.
1: And then people add drugs to that and then it's just, you know, then it then it's a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can still enjoy the music and the DJs and all For the sure. different music that comes out because there's always something new. Right. That's, I think the other thing is that I can always turn on the Mint playlist on Spotify and it's like some new EDM playlist. Whereas it's like, I keep going back to the other kinds of music I listen to and it's all like 90s music.
1: You know what? (laughs) I read this article and I was horrified because I related to it and also was so like comforted by the fact that there's a word for it or at least a, a thing about it, which is that, somewhere around your 30s, mid 30s, they've like done these studies, like late 20s to mid 30s. You go through what they call a t- like a taste freeze. Not a tasty freeze, a delicious ice cream, but not a tasty freeze. A <laughs> taste freeze in which you kind of settle in to whatever it is that you like and you'll just kind of be there. And from that moment on, like new music, new like I listen to the stuff that my kids listen to and I'm just like, I don't is this? Oh
0: gosh, no. Oh god. But like no. give me some
1: 90s hip hop, I'm happy as a clam, yes, right? Like early 2000s. Exactly. Awesome. But that's like where my taste froze. Yeah, and, taste freeze. Yeah, yeah. yeah of and course. most of us wow. with like music, with shows, with right. like all of the things that sort of that we find comforting it often kind of solidifies itself around that age. And then we just kind of like, I'm good now. I don't need to hear
0: any shit. That really is very interesting that now they're really looking into that because nostalgia is such a big thing for our brands. Yeah. You know, I find it so interesting how we've, we've both to some degree leaned into it, but, I kind of am curious about your relationship to, you know, the growth of your brand over time. Like, what has that been like for you? Like, starting from uh, whenever you, you pick.
1: I mean, I <laughs> guess I never really thought about growing myself as a brand. I guess I still don't. Probably much to the, you know, disappointment of <laughs> gosh, my publicist and stuff. No, actually, they, my yeah. brand is that I am who I am. My brand is that the person yes. that you meet, the person that you see in interviews, the person that's on whatever, like... If I'm being me, that's just, that's who you're going to get in person, on camera, whatever. Like, and Mm -hmm. I, I think that for me has become my brand is this idea and promotion of kind of radical self-acceptance and, of Uh Mm
0: -hmm. getting
1: comfortable in your own skin and not worrying about what people think and speaking your truth and standing up for others and saying what's right. Even if, you know, people tell you to go fuck off, like saying it anyway, I guess that's kind of my brand, but it doesn't feel like it yes. cause it's just naturally grown out of my own discoveries and my own journey as a person and my own Correct. kind of maturity as I've like, I'm 40 now. And as I've gotten here, I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like we're not, no, I just don't. It, this is it. This is what we're getting guys. I'm not pretending anymore.
0: No, I love that. But it's also really interesting because it's like we grew up exclusively acting on camera and now it's like we're being known as these people with these stories and these life lessons and these authentic truths that we want to share with people so that we can help people. But like, it's fascinating, isn't it? Like, yeah, I'm actually curious. So how much of you is happy and comfortable with the fact that it's more or less an interview, a hosting or like stuff that's like the reality show stuff, anything like that versus I would rather primarily be doing, you know, actressy stuff. Like what is it? Where do you lie in that? It's interesting that you asked that because it's only
1: recently that I really kind of figured this out for myself, not even figured it out, yeah. but became more comfortable with it. You know, I think for a long time because Being an actor and knowing you can do other things when you get sort of pigeonholed into something, you're like, oh, I just want to do other stuff. I just want to do other stuff. And it becomes like this constantly, like, I wish I had opportunities to do this. I wish. And that was true. And then all of a sudden, as I started becoming more of me and allowing myself to be more fully who I am in all areas of my life, like through as I've gotten older, I've gotten more opportunities to do Hosting and reality stuff and things that are based on like, you know, me interviewing people or doing whatever. And I found actually I really love that. I would look I love acting and I'd still love the opportunity to do that. But once I opened up my mind to this doesn't have to be like an either or, but it can be a a both and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And really, that's been the last couple of years where I just have yeah, gotten to the place sure. where I'm like, I think I'm just going to get comfortable. Like if this is what's what the is being presented to me and what the opportunities are, then I'm just going to take them and like run with them and be me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know. I've seen that. I've seen that firsthand and I've been silently kind of rooting for you until we got to meet and now I just straight up text you and I'm like, yep, you're a badass and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Because we all need support. Honestly, we, we do. do. We need that support to keep going because yeah. even if you have a win, I just feel like especially because of you know the competition and growing up in the business, there's always that silent tape that sometimes can be playing in the back, 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 background where mm-hmm. you're like... Okay, like what am I gonna do next? Okay, like, you know, I don't know. There's always Oh, that's just always that still playing. Of,
1: that's still there. <laughs> right? That's just the the constant yeah. background elevator music of my brain.
0: But You have to like live with it and then and then right. and that's what I was saying. It's like having friends with like minds that know to reach out to you, I feel like sure. uh, is really, really great when that can happen and like I do it because it matters. <laughs>
1: It means the world. It means the world to hear from friends. Like when you're like, oh my God, did I screw that up? Like, did I do something stupid? And your friends are like, yeah, you rock. And you're like, okay, that wasn't terrible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, if you would like, I could text you and say that was dumb, but I don't know. I mean, I, I no. You can just keep that to yourself because really, there's enough of that that I hear of of
1: my own doing. So really, it's fine. Yeah, fine. I will only I will only be right if you text up, me and go that was really stupid. Go, oh, trust me, don't I fucking know it? Like you know what I mean? That's what it'll be.
0: <laughs> You're like I already know. Yeah,
1: I'm well aware.
0: Fuck. Is there anything that you like regret? <laughs> i actually don't have a lot of regrets i've done a lot of people dirty and through trying to really understand myself and writing and everything else i think i've i've taken some measures into understanding that i'm not the type of person to beat myself up about the past mm-hmm. i have come to understand that part of step work even though i have not gone through my 12 steps part of step work is like if you're you know obviously taking care of your side of the street that's one of those things taking right. moral inventory that's another one of the things but then also too, like not going into like say an like a past relationship that i had that i was like i've burned bridges oh, with yeah. nuclear bombs yeah 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 you know I what I'm like saying? i like a From scorched the earth policy
1: most of the time myself Dude, yeah.
0: <laughs> the worst and it's like I, I, you know these people are moved on kids married whatever right. it's like i can't in- inject myself Into that, not only just for my marriage, but for their situation and be like, hey, just wanted to write a letter to let you know that like, you know, it's just some things are just left. They're fine to leave. What I've had to
1: come to terms with myself is that the person that I was, unfortunately, there are going to be people in my past that that is the only experience that they have of me. And all the growth person. that I've right. done in between that and now to become a better person and to not make those same mistakes and hurt people in that way or be that much of an asshole or try yeah. to, uh, those right. people won't ever get to see that or won't ever allow right. the opportunity to be a different person. They will only forever be like, this is the person you are. And what, and that's fine because that's their yeah. stuff. That's their work to do. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Sure. But like... Knowing that and finally getting to that place where I was like, oh, OK, like I'm not going to be able to convince every person maybe that I've ever, you know, screwed over or that I've ever like right. ever hurt that I'm not that yes. person again. Like and you know what? For their own well-being, they probably at some point were like, yeah, I'm done with you fine. Mm-hmm, I get sure. to go be a different okay. person. I get to go better. I get to keep my side of the street clean so I don't get to do that shit again. Yep. And if that's the person that they experience me as, or that they, the only way that they're going to allow me to be in their mind, then that's on them. And I know I get to go and be, to do different things,
0: but it's hard. It sucks because you're huge. like, uh, yeah, yeah. what
1: if people don't like you? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, some people yes. are not going to like
0: you. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's very yeah. hard. That's very hard, especially for people growing up in competitive environments as children. And that's the other thing, too, is what I'm realizing with interviewing certain folks that may have started off, like I had an actress on who started off as like a s- sort of semi-pro, she was going to go pro, uh, tennis player. Oh. And some people who grow up in these like really competitive environments as like protégés, so to speak. Right. They, they have very similar experiences yeah. to, to kids in the biz. And then it's like that disillusionment with like, what was this all for? Like my time I dedicated. Right. I did not get that from talking to you in the past about this. What I always got from it was that you thrived so well on set and like in the full full house family, that was your home, you know, and it was all a positive experience for you. So I never got anything negative from that.
1: No, really. It really was. I mean, as far as like being on that show and the people that I was around and the cast that I had and like, my experience in the business as a kid was great. Like I had fun. I had, you know, yeah. I think yeah. also it was pre-social media days. So there wasn't that level of invasiveness. <laughs> it was in, It was invasive. I mean, there right. were times that I was in fucking tabloids as a kid and stuff, which is just insane to me.
0: It's so weird. What was that like? Do you
1: remember your first tabloid? Yeah, it was Star Magazine. And I feel like to this day, I still won't do Star Magazine. But
0: I like for like decades, I was like, No. I won't. No, I have never done Star. I picked people. <laughs> They're right. like. Well,
1: and Star I don't think ever really like I don't know that they go out for stories. They don't they, even call, they dig right? stories. They don't yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. like there was something they wanted to quote me, and I was like, No, uh, and it was like mm-hmm. twenty years later. But no, they wrote a story about mm. me when I was like nine that was completely <laughs> fabricated that Bob Saget was trying to get me fired, that I was like a real problem on set. No, that's crazy. Yeah, it was like this whole thing and like that wasn't true. Like, none of it was true. And I just remember being a kid and, like, not understanding, like, but how can you write this kind of stuff if none of that's true? Yeah. Like, and at the time, I was really that's close insane. with Bob's family and his daughter. So, like, I would spend sure, weekends sure. with his kids. And, we, like, and I was like, he's yeah. not trying to get me fired. What are you talking about? Like, it was just yeah, weird. So, you so kind of learned. Learning learned through that stuff. Yeah. It's weird. Oh I mean, God, it's should be weird. Illegal. It definitely is. It's a weird way to grow up, but. Other than that, like, my experience was not that of, like, you know, a Drew Barrymore or, a you know, somebody like that who had um, that were maybe exploitive or, like, pushed me harder than I wanted or any, like, parents were not that at all. I had a pretty normal childhood growing up other than what I did for
0: a living, you know? Yeah, it's funny, you know, my other podcast, which is animation focused, is with Will Fridell.
1: Oh yes. And oh, the great wonderful. We Will s- love
0: Will. <laughs> we see Will all the time. I, I'm gonna see him again this weekend at a Comic-Con. And like we're like a little crew now with our podcasts and yeah. like things we do together and panels, and, and it's fun. And Will always talks about, you know, that era with Full House mm-hmm. and Boy Meets World and like the TGI Friday. Or TGIF yeah. Um, people, because CJ Fridays, TJ Fridays is a restaurant, right? right? That's yeah, <laughs> right. Which but has great that's jalapeno right Which poppers, has great jalapeno
1: cream cheese stuffed, delicious, freaking that, amazing. Right, right. You could TGIF. watch those while watching reruns of TGIF, TGIF. if you so choose. I
0: have right. But see, they—I mean, TJF was the best, most like—I was so unified with my family, and I can only remember sitting down with them because we all loved t- TV so much, and it was because of TJF that we were really able to be anchored as a family in any kind of wholesome capacity. It was TJF. That's why everybody remembers it and loves it. And what was so validating about that was hearing how Will spoke about his cast. But then, like, when he saw everybody at 90s Con, he was like, you know, it was like a high school reunion, but you actually wanted to see the people there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was
1: good vibes. I still talk to people that I grew up in this business with. That I I mean, Christine Lakin and Beverly Mitchell and you and, like, Will. And, you know, there's just a Tia and Tamara and... Oh, oh my I god, there's them. such a great group of us that kind of all, you know, came up together and have just seen each other in the revolving world uh, that that is, you know, growing up in this business and just sort of being in it forever Yeah. and moving into directing or animation or voiceover or what, you know, we all sort of find our way through into different areas of it. And it's fun. It's fun to see these people again.
0: I've never asked you this question before. Ooh. So we can cut this out if you don't want Oh no, to. it's okay. No, go for it. Okay. All right. Okay. The Olsen twins... <laughs> Yes. Okay. What was your relationship to them like after you know, after everybody rapped and everything? How old were they? Were they in high school were, at that point? No, or? I was just starting high no. school. They were much younger. And okay. I think what a lot of people forget, they're like,
1: Why wouldn't they want to come back? Why wouldn't And I kinda had to think about it where I was like, you know, I was age five when I started and it went till thirteen. So like those were all of my elementary, yeah. middle school important years. They were nine Huge. months old. Until they were eight years old. And then it stopped. Please tell me what you remember from like eight years old and before that like 20 years later, you'd be like, that was the most important thing. Like, you're like, I don't know. They're like my parents' friends and shit. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I had to kind of think about it like that. Like, oh, for me, these were core memories at the time when I really like started remembering things and my, at all of my childhood school experience and all these things. And so for them, it was a little bit different, but. We yeah. were really close. Me and Ashley Mary-Kate were probably, mm-hmm. the like, the closest out of, you know, the siblings. They would come yeah. spend weekends at my house, and we were, like, best right, friends.
0: Right. Oh, they seemed like they'd be so sweet. And so
1: it was hard, I think, when the show ended, you know, not seeing each other. And then just everybody going in their own kind of different directions. But yeah. seeing them recently at Bob's memorial when after Bob passed, mm-hmm. and they you know, there was a group of us we all hadn't seen each other in a really long time and it was like no time had passed oh, and it was okay. just
0: Oh gosh. I'm sure Bob would have loved that. It was like family yeah. again and it was Yeah. It was great.
1: It was a reminder, you know, I think to them too of like, we're just glad to see you. So
0: it exactly. was really nice. That's what family really mm-hmm. is. It's not about having a camera in front of your face. Yeah. I was like It's I don't, about being there for each other. I just
1: wanna give you guys a hug yeah. and say hi. Oh so, yeah. So that's we got amazing. to do that. And it was I know Bob would have been um very happy to see us all together Of again. course. yeah. As a dad would. As any dad would, right. But, the, you know, as far as them, like, they have gone into an entirely other area. And I'm like, well, yeah, they like... That's what I'm saying. They were 12 years like old child- when they stopped doing a lot of the videos and the, all of that stuff and moved into, like, yeah. fashion at, like, 16, 17, 18. So they've yeah. been doing that almost longer than they've done, like, the whole house stuff. It's just that that's how people know them. So, you know, again, I think right. they worked... And, you know, hats off to them. They worked really hard at becoming people who are taken seriously in an entirely different capacity than being two cute little, you know, babies on a TV show. And look, it's competitive. Like, you kind of have to be like, no, we're going to keep that. That's in the past. This is who we are now. And I, you know, I respect them for that.
0: Yeah, 100%. I don't know why I thought to ask them about that. Yes, it's just it's just really random, and I just never asked you about it before. So I was like, no why way. not? Just ask him. It's no big deal. But okay, so now moving forward, because recently I had to text you, and I was really proud of you. You know, you are super active in, you know, protesting things. Recently, we should talk about the fact that you were pushed down by the LAPD, and you got right back up. <laughs> Put your hat on.
1: Look, I'm a mouthy little broad. It takes more than that to keep me. <laughs>
0: Got your born. Got your born. Right back in like, your hand. Oh yeah. my gosh. You're so tough, Jody. I showed my husband that and he kept watching it over and over again. He's like, damn. He's like, whoa. No. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man, she's a badass. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I just. What happened? Like I said, <laughs> as I've gotten
1: older, I just have less and less patience for bullshit. Like just zero pretty much. And yeah. like this whole, you know, reproductive choice issue for me was like a big mountain of bullshit that I was like, I, I don't accept this. I did.
0: No. Yes. Was your daughter with you at all? No, no. Okay. There are certain
1: okay. actions and stuff that like I'll, Take my kids to, and sometimes sure. I'm like, nah, it's just a different vibe, and it's gotten different sure. over the last few years. When this all happened, my friend Michael Ade, the the photographer that captured it, that was out there with us that day, he yep. texted me in the morning, was like, "Do you care if I post this?" And I was like, "No, it's fine." I was like, "I don't know that I'm going to repost it though," because I so was like, "This is not about me." Like, I don't give a shit that I got pushed down. Like, it does. Please, like, it doesn't. It made me so uncomfortable that I was the one getting attention for that because I've seen so much worse happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Of course. To young women, often young women of color, often young yeah, of women who nobody knows. And so for me, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, there was a little bit of that, like almost self-resentment of like, oh yeah, now the white lady that everybody grew up with gets pushed down and all of a sudden everybody's up in arms, you know? And I was like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this
0: reluctance. Right. Yeah, I was I like, that. you know,
1: what I kept saying is like, look, if this captures people's attention and they go, oh my God. Why are they doing this to people? I beg you to please look into this further. I beg you, if that bothered you, to look into what happens in you know BIPOC communities every day. What happens with police brutality every day? People of all <laughs> shades and nationalities uh, being yeah. you know abused and now like our choices being taken away. You know all of these things. Like if I can draw attention to that because my ass got shoved down, then great. But I didn't want nice. any of the like are you okay? I was like, I'm fucking fine. I got up and marched for four hours after, like it was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: I, I know that b- given my privilege of how I've grown up by nature of what I look like, all of those things buy me a certain amount of access to sure. bullshit that is unearned. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I know people who are out there every single day, every mm-hmm. day out in the streets trying to bring attention to these things issues every day they're out there their family members have been you know abused or whatever and i Mm -hmm. just was like Mm -hmm. if i can amplify raise awareness about that then fine
0: Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. amplify because i hate that's why i don't like social
1: media because i'm like i don't want to see more of my head i don't need my face i can talk about things that are important Great.
0: You're kind of like, "Eh, I don't really want to do social media and sponsored stuff because it's like, "Eh," it's like, I'll do
1: some sponsored things, but it has to be something that's usually a product that I already use or or like believe in or that I've researched. Like, sure, I just well, that's what
0: people want though, too. I mean, people want to know what you're, yeah, authentically endorsing.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess I just, uh, you know, above all, I want the attention to be on the struggles that are going on right now that we all need to show up for and that
0: really, it's a hard time right now. Yeah.
1: And I like, I just post and then I like, I post things and then we'll go back three days later and I'm like, Oh, this has caused quite a kerfuffle. And I just like <laughs> ignore it or I'll just turn comments off. And I'm like, you know what? Go it's, bye, yeah.
0: get off my page. Yeah. Right. Sort of like paint. So you're not bothered by any of that stuff. You're well, like, I don't give a shit. I don't and also shit. too, I do want to mention, you know, in history, a lot of the greatest leaders uh, have started off being pretty reluctant. And so I will just point out the fact that <laughs> since you are reluctant it's probably going to make you a lot better of uh, to amplify the true message of of what's going on. So yeah. and I do just want to walk that back, okay? okay so let's. so exactly what happened at the protest and then let's talk about how people and protests exist. And how and how they're done. Was this, yes, this happens. Was it lawful what happened to you? Uh, or was it a gray area? Like, what the fuck? Uh, I mean, look, I'm not a lawyer, an
1: attorney, or anyone who knows all of the ins and out of what our First Amendment rights of free speech, our, our sure. lawful protesting rights, all of that are. I know a tiny little bit. Enough to try and, you know, stay within those confines. But, you know, here's the thing. People are like, well, you shouldn't be protesting in a road. And you're like, we actually are covered. (laughs) We actually are legally allowed. Like, protesting is inconvenient. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that's called protesting and not marching nicely down the sidewalk. It's because creating attention and, you know, slight inconvenience makes people pay attention to what it is that you're talking about. Okay. The cops had blocked off the freeway off-ramp. It was coming into downtown. So it was not going onto the freeway but coming off. And they had blocked it down at the the thing so people couldn't get off the freeway. And we were at the top of it. And that was where we were. And there's, I think, some other footage out there of where I got like hit, baton, like, hit on the sides oh, man. prior to that and had gone and had snuck around them and come behind. And I had my bullhorn was coming around the other side and... They were walking okay. me back, were and I was... you guys
0: trying to advance? Were there you was trying nowhere to go. Advance we were going to, like, you could
1: advance onto the freeway, but there was cop cars okay. there. It was not, that was not... We weren't going any further than where we were. Okay, so why were you going around him? There was, like, a line of people, and it was, you know, there were some I'm people checking. behind. There were photographers that were on the other side. There were... I was just okay. trying to get out of that front line because they were, you know... Oh, so was, you were just walking
0: around in an well, area I, designated for protest. I mean, protests.
1: look, It's... Protesting is not always, like easy and messy and whatever.
0: Okay. I just never been to a protest, sadly. Well,
1: look, nothing illegal was happening. There was nothing, you know, we were not in, there was nobody, whatever. But tensions are high. Cars on the freeway were honking in support and everything. And I was just walking back around. And as I crossed that line, there was an officer that was, had my hands there. And then as I walked by them, just grabbed my backpack and threw me down while I was walking past and, you know, whatever, you know, people like, are you going to sue? I was like, no, I'm not. Uh, Because for me, yeah. It is what it is, you know. What I mean, this is the stuff that comes sure, with sure. being being loud and being active and standing up for what you believe in. And okay, it, and it is what it is. But uh, I, I definitely have seen far worse happen. So that was, mm-hmm. you know, when people are like, "Oh my god," I'm like, "You have no idea."
0: So is that what um, flashed through your head when you were falling? Was it like? No, I just uh, mostly was like, bad. "Don't crack my face." You know what I mean? Mostly I was just like, don't.
1: Yeah, literally. I was like, (laughs) let me lean this way. I mean, I have a big old giant black bruise on my hip, you know, but I, mostly I like fell into people who kind of caught me and I was like, just don't,
0: I just didn't want to like
1: break my wrist or, you know, road rash my face up, but that was about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Did the guy say sorry? No, I highly doubt he said sorry, Mm -hmm. but. (laughs) No,
1: I mean, and, and to, to, to their, cra- I mean, look, cops saying sorry to the protesters as they're out there. Pro- I don't know. There's probably some sort of rule that they can't do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's messy. It's not easy. And some okay. departments have, you know, uh, a history with protesters and street activists violence. And, and violence. Yeah. And
0: so it, it is what it is. Like, I wasn't too. Yeah, no. Tensions are very high. Tensions, Tensions are, are high. Funny. Tensions have been high. I was dropping on my kid today at her science camp. And, you know, of course, I live in Austin, Texas. Right. But it was a religious school that they're holding it at. It's just a independent science camp that they're right. using these rooms. Right. And, I, and they tell you, they tell you when you drop off your kid, you know, park in the handicapped space, the blue spaces, because no one's there. It's right. School's not in session. So I'm literally taking my child from her car to the gate, which is like 100 yards away. There's other children in line, and there may even be another car in those spots. Right. But this gentleman who has a gun on his side uh private security obviously oh okay but he's yeah i mean i get private security at a school but it's summer vacation i don't know apparently it is the u.s so he's walking around and and he looks at me and he goes hey do you have a permit for parking there and i looked at him and i was like i was told to park there and i'm like with my child (laughs) like i was told to park there per the camp They told me to park in the blue space and I I was just registering it. And I was just like, so this is how we talk to each other now. Okay. All right. It's unfortunate because I am one that respects authority to the utmost, but I also believe in just good communication. Right. And I think it's come down to, there's a breakdown in communication. So that's why I was so curious to chat with you about, you know, I have seen other people, this, this one gal, Mina, who I follow, I think she's Kamala's, like, niece or something, Mm -hmm. and she just went over to the Capitol, and she planned and knew that she was willing to be arrested at the... Yeah, yeah. Right? And so she was there, and she basically went like, hey, get ready with me for my day kind of vlog or whatever, but she knew she was going to get arrested. Right. (laughs) And she talked about how, you know, we showed up at the church, we were all rallying each other before we went out to march, we talked about implications, and if somebody Mm -hmm. decided they wanted to... Potentially get arrested. Like, this is so it's like it's very planned and organized yeah, when people sure. choose to come together. For so sure. I'm curious. Is that kind of your experience?
1: I forget what, what it's called. Um, but there's like sort of rules of protest and of engagement and of, you know, how to operate in the streets. And if you're out there enough, you learn, you know, we keep us safe. You stick together. You don't, you know, no lost gazelles straggling because they will get mm-hmm. swooped up by the police or shoved into a van. Uh, no wow. joke.
0: A van? What do you mean? A police van or just a r- and, uh, I
1: mean, sometimes it's Homeland Security. Sometimes it's other things. But if you're involved in the protest community, okay. you definitely know of people who have been walking back to their car and just wound up randomly getting van pulls up. Three people get out and snatch them up inside and then take them. And they usually will show up about eight hours later, having been released from somewhere.
0: OK, that's terrifying. Okay, it
1: is, Yeah, no, it is. And that's why when people are like, oh, my God, I'm like, you guys, I'd love to tell you more. <laughs> Cause this is what happens. Uh, and there's a reason that those of us that are out there being very vocal about what's going on in this country with our, with, you know, police brutality with a lot of things that are happening, you know, and people are like, Oh, that's crazy. And you're like, you, you, you can think that, but there are some things out there that yeah. people
0: need to open their eyes to, I think. So yeah, it's keeping the communication open. And
1: I'm, like I said, I'm just loud. I got a bullhorn. I'm not any type of organizer. I just managed mm-hmm. to be able to like, rally a crowd and, and say, like, this is bullshit. Like, we have to speak out
0: against this, so. The reluctant leader. <laughs> Lord. Um, I think you're an icon. Thank you. I literally texted Jody and I was like, you are a badass. <laughs> Come on my podcast. I was, like, nerding out about it. Because you know why? I am really sad. Because I don't have a political pot to piss in, so to speak. Like, I... Did study political science at Columbia at a woman's college? I live in Texas, I have two daughters. Like, I but I but I have sponsored content that I make, and I am this quote unquote wholesome brand, right? And you know, we know people who have very similar Mm -hmm. backgrounds in that way, and it's like no fault to anybody. As much as we have the free speech, we also have a choice in terms of this economy, this capitalism. Right. of what we say, how we say it, when we say it, the obligations and the sacrifices that you make Jody, by just being authentically yourself. You know, I look to you as inspiration because you're fighting the fight that I would not be able to do. You're I mean, in Austin. Beto was, you know, yeah. everybody was there. And I was like, well, I just can't do it. I can't right. do it. I can't go. My yeah, husband's like, please I, don't. I was like, I want to. I it's frustrating. Just, I know I've posted my way
1: out of financial opportunities and being someone who is not, well, you know, who thinks capitalism is, <laughs> leaves something to be desired in many ways and where we are I mean, now. I it's a with, system
0: of oppression. It is a system of is. oppression. It's, it's, sure. a, it's a system of yeah. exploitation and that's
1: really all it is, is, you know, right. you as the capital has the ability to get all of the things. Uh, and yeah. it, when left unchecked, that's where we find ourselves today. And so. But Checked capitalism could in theory thrive but when unchecked we
0: are here now
1: could but then it becomes well this is a whole other political science conversation which i'd love to have with you but i don't know if any everyone else would (laughs) want to be on board with our discussion but uh i know for myself i've posted my way out of sponsored content i know i have taken positions that i mean i i lose followers all the time but I, I gain them as well. I have a pretty steady, like, I'll post something and people will be like, ah, and then they like, hate me. But then the people that actually like that content find me and then it goes kind of back up. Yeah. So it's like this
0: yeah. constant
1: ebb and flow. And I just am like, yeah. I would rather be who I am and be it very much out loud and not have to worry that someone's going to find out the things that I believe in. I'd rather just post it myself and be just a loud bitch about it because I'm like, that's just, that's what it takes. Like, I didn't used to be that person. Yeah. I used to really be terrified. Oh, really? Because I think of growing up in such an environment that I was constantly, like, the people idea peasing. of what will people think was drilled into my head. Uh, yeah. And. Very hard. You know, I'm sure much to my mom's, like I said, disappointment. Sometimes she's like, what will people think? And I'm like, I don't care. And she's like, oh. <laughs> but I, I guess I just... So you hear your mom in your head kind of. I'm not point. in my head. She texts me. And she goes, what the... F- what are you doing? You know? Um, and she, or she'll just be like, I'm just pretending I didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> it's been a conscious choice because I know I could be a lot more marketable and, mm-hmm. you know, out there probably making more money for myself and doing all these kinds of other things. If that were the choice that I wanted to make, but for me, I'm not good at keeping my mouth shut. It's not good. And so I would like explode. Okay. And I just, I'd rather explode out there and try and, and see if I can get other people that agree and that are willing to, to, like fight with me.
0: Well, it doesn't sound like you're not willing to talk. You know what I mean? I think I, I keep going back to this thread of communication and open lines of communication because I don't think we're gonna get anywhere by not communicating, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, I look, I have my I could go off on my entire, you know, thesis of why interested. I think um, <laughs> why I think we are in the situation that we are, why I think social media is
0: actually a huge part of it. I'm curious, why do you think social media is a part of it? Can you can you uh, kind I don't of think social media is a part of it. it. I
1: think social media is, is probably if we could trace it back the reason for it. Because algorithms and social media have Ah. made us feel good with instant gratification Mm -hmm. and have made billions and billions of dollars upon predictive algorithms of what we want to see more of. And when you're living in an environment that is fueled by negative news and fear, the algorithms Mm -hmm. just consistently lead people into further and further reinforcing their ideas of fear and hatred and all of these things. And we find ourselves, you know, algorithms lead us into echo chambers. They, they only expose yeah. us to that, which we are already talking about, typing about searching and,
0: and leaning yeah, it's towards. like Pavlov's theory, right? Pavlov's theory of like being fed something so much. Right. You so immediately so that you, you, hear it. you hear something and you're you you like, bell. Oh my God, that's
1: right. I hear the bell. I automatically yeah. do that. So, you know, for yeah. people, I hear the ding, I automatically go to Facebook and I scroll and I find more things that I agree with and more people yeah. who more are, are, you know, we have a problem with extremism in this country because it sure. social media pushes us more and more towards that so that they can monetarily gain from us being in these little corners so that they can easily market products and get us to buy things. And so 100%. from that, <laughs> we have now all worked our way into very specific corners with firewalls in between because we don't see any of that other information. And we've now become such a part of the rhetoric of hearing that only the information that we are a part of sharing or involved in, or the way we think is the only way that should be that there's no, we'd have no middle ground anymore. And, you know, and this is also a long history of, uh, you know, political extremism and religious right and there's a whole other thing that we could go
0: and right there's a whole other thing and that's the thing is i actually do think as much as you're saying and especially the people who are attracted to listening to you know this podcast i do think that there is a collective consciousness of people who are understanding that the middle ground does not exist but should exist in a way that's sort of serving everyone to some extent so that they feel safe in their community, heard, seen, respected. It, it, everybody has the same issue, but right. nobody has a solution. Well, and, and that's, that's, that's governing where communication people. Comes and, in. and it's also governing people in
1: mass, right? The more people you find right. the, the great, the harder it is to, you know, rein everybody in. Sure. Sure. And I Very also hard. think we now deal in completely differing universes of facts and information, So it's going to be really hard to ever talk about the same things because we're not. We're not talking about the same things. Even if we are talking about the same things, we're talking about very different sets of information. And that
0: comes from a place where you can't talk about. Well, and also what has messed me up the most about everything that's just gone on with us, Mm -hmm. I turned to a woman of color in my life who is very, very close to me, who I love very, very much. And I looked to her and I said, hey... um, I was like, "This is really shitty," and I'm, I'm I was pretty much very depressed the whole you know for two weeks, and I was also PMSing, so that was not that doesn't right. No God, the end of the world. And My PMX, husband is lucky that he's yeah. alive. Yes, he's very lucky he's yeah. alive because he almost lost an eye. Say. <laughs> he was freaking right. terrified of me for two weeks. <laughs> I almost covered. gave him a whole IBS attack with how emotional it was for him. Right. <laughs> um, but I looked to her and I was like, "Hey, I was like, this is really bad, and I'm I'm really struggling." And she's like, "Well, welcome, welcome to my life. It's like we've I've been here as a woman of color my whole life." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Shit! Yeah, oh my god, this whole time, you know, I, I talk about have that I've, realization." Talked about that at protests before and, and, you know, and, and,
1: and look, we, the Handmaid's Tale came out. I mean, the, the book was written in the eighties, yeah. but you know, the show came out and we all were like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. Yeah. But you know, when we use that as it, from the privilege of being white women, we go, Oh my God, can you believe that this forced birth and this, all this stuff and people of color in this country right. who have come from generations of, you know, forced uh, labor, forced labor forced are birth. looking at us like
0: also now. Yeah. So now,
1: yeah, <laughs> now you get it. Frustration. Right. And so, so it's what like
0: race people of color have for white women right now, too. I mean,
1: well, look, it's one of the things that I talk about all the time as a white woman is that it's white people's job to undo racism. Yes. That's people so and communities of color, like it is not incumbent upon them to teach us why they shouldn't be oppressed. Uh, we have to mm-hmm. be having these communications and these and, and calling each other out amongst white people as a whole right i work uh, you know and i'm friends with people and um, there's a great uh, jolly good ginger i don't know if you follow him on tiktok but is a good friend of mine Okay, and he i think i do
0: actually
1: <laughs> a red-headed dude long beard does a lot of a- uh, work in the anti-racist space he was right ra- he's from somewhere in the south he's like i was raised by racists i would like that was i'm a former like military all the stuff but he He's like, but oh, wow. guess what? I grew as a person and I learned all these things. And for the That's, last you know, 15 years of his life, 20 years of so his life, important. he goes yeah. out and he works with white people in the community and shows up for communities that have typically not been showed up for by white people by talking to other white people and saying, this is how we have to solve this problem because it's not, you know, the communities that are being oppressed problem to try and solve. Like, it's mm-hmm. ours. So, you know, I just mm-hmm. think there's some great women out there. Monique Melton and her Shine mm-hmm. Brighter Together Academy is something that I've been working with. I had her on an IG live recently. She does a lot mm-hmm. of work in the anti-racist space. And mm-hmm. Chiquita Patterson at United Street Tours. I was going to shout out to Blair Amani. Do you know oh, Blair? I don't. I know um, Dr. Akila Kade is a friend of mine who does a lot of anti-racist work. Yeah. But you know, I always tell people, I'm like. Here's the deal, though. Like, you don't just yeah. get to go and show up to their pages and be like, I'm going to learn all I'm going to learn. Like, participate in their classes and pay for what they know. These are women and these mm-hmm. are people in these communities who have done the work, who have written the books, who have done all this stuff. Like, we don't get yeah. to go and show up and be like, you get to teach me now for free all of the things that have been really shitty for you. <laughs> you know, like, we have to show I up see. and we – That's we, important. And educate ourselves yeah. and be willing to – sacrifice of our time our effort and you know a little bit of our money to educate ourselves and learn more about the real experience of what is happening in the world that is beyond what we see for ourselves as
0: white women i love that i love that that's that's yeah. very, and it doesn't it, that's it's a start, not right that's a start. here's what
1: i say too like people are like but i'm gonna but it makes me so uncomfortable it is uncomfortable Learning and growing is uncomfortable. Every time you can talk about this, I'm sure from getting sober, like getting your life back together, it's uncomfortable when we have to look at things that we've done in our past that maybe go, ooh, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, that was ugly.
0: Oh, I don't like that. That's not great. And it took a long time, by It the takes way, a for long to time to finally no own one- up to my shit. Yeah. It takes a long time. Even while I was sober, I, it took. It took like an onion, I would say. Yeah. It was like an onion peeling off these layers. And Absolutely. It, it took a long time.
1: Absolutely. I'm working with two women right now on a on a project that they have called Deconstructing Karen that is actually it's oh several God, women of color. Awesome. And they go and oh, they wow. do dinners with white uh-huh. women from, acro- from across the political spectrum, left-leaning, right-leaning, Republican. Oh. And they sit and they have these conversations about race and what people need to do to educate themselves and how how to be, you know. You know, not just better allies, but uh, but uh, accomplices, and you know people that are really willing to question the systems that they have grown up in themselves, in order to make the world a more equitable place.
0: For sure. Okay. So. How do you take joy in anything right now? Because there's such an onslaught of seriousness. And I mean, you are such a joyful person. And you do wish for the world to be at peace. And you love your children. And you love your Mm -hmm. fiance. It's still important self-care. And I've seen this even from TikTok, which my husband's like, seriously, you're addicted. Get the fuck off of it. (laughs) But like, it's my community. It's my way in to the protest. Because I can't be there right now. I can't physically show up. All it's my way of activism. to support. There's all lanes of mm-hmm.
1: activism. There's the stuff you can do from home, sure. raising awareness, posting stuff, talking about content, educating donating. yourself, donating. Yep, if you can yep. be in the streets, then you can do that too. You can, if you can, right. you know, teach your kids and you, you know, work in your community, do that too. Like it doesn't just have you to look vote. like one thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You can vote. You can vote, like, (laughs) whatever that's worth
1: for the time being. uh, You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different ways that you can show up, and it doesn't have to be intimidating, and you don't have to completely throw your entire life into it. You know, some people can only make it certain times or are only willing to do certain things. That's okay.
0: But knowing yourself, I think, is the most important thing. Knowing what's true to you and not voting based on generational expectation and, like, really trying to critically think, W- what it is and why and what's best for everybody. Right. I think it's very hard, but we don't get to be complacent anymore. No, but I and, do find joy. Um, there is still joy. Okay, so that's the thing. That's what I kind of wanted to end yeah. on too. Like someone as, as active as you and as serious as you about this stuff, what do you find joy in right now?
1: Oh, I mean, there's still a lot of joy in the world. It's hard. We can inundate ourselves with looking at news and the media and how everything's bad. Yeah. But you know, when I am, out protesting in the streets and we've got a speaker going and there is joy and, and there is community and there are those, like, that's what we're fighting for. Like those, we go out there to fight for, for equality and for human rights and for all these things, because we know that when everyone has those things, we all get to exist in a space of joy and camaraderie and, and togetherness, you know, and yeah, Sometimes even when you're out there fighting for those things, that's what you find is that sense of community. Mm. And I think, yeah, you sometimes see smiles on, on a the lot face of the smiles. We you have a lot it. of fun out there. Like you know, when shit's I'm not going wild, that's why? Thing that we always mm-hmm. say is like, if you're not, if there's no joy in this. What are we out here doing? Sure. What are we? There's what's space the point? For that joy. What's this? What are we saving mm-hmm. if there's no joy? And we can't remember mm-hmm. the joy. Um, I mean, we've had protests okay. before where we shut down an intersection bust out a DJ on the back of a truck and everybody just dances in the, we take over an intersection for three hours and dance. That's so much joy. And that's the point of, of all of this is to allow everyone access to that same level of joy. Mm -hmm. The world is not
0: all bad. You just have to look
1: for it and create it where you find it.
0: Okay. That is a beautiful Beautiful last concept given to us by Jody. And Jody, I just, I'm so excited that you're still popping up. You're on E and you're doing the hosting thing, which I mean, come on, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> at being it's a host fun. authentic host Thank and you. and so when are we seeing you on that and then i know there was another you popped up on some amazing like survivalist I, reality thing and I, I was did, like this bad yeah ass. i did CBS's <laughs> beyond the
1: edge which i think you can still catch on hulu which was i mean if you want to see me get you know bumped and bruised around let me tell you that was living in the jungle <laughs> for two weeks was the hardest oh my probably God. hardest thing i've ever done physically mentally emotionally <laughs> it
0: was Incredibly challenging, yeah, dude. Oh my god! But I loved
1: it. And then um I have, wow. you know, some holiday movies coming out this year. I think I've got three coming out. Yay! The end see? Of you.
0: I'm shooting another Listen, one soon, and hopefully directing. directing. Are you directing one? I am. Yes, girl. I'm going to be directing. You I think later direct. this year, and be, I'm also
1: doing. You're going movie.
0: to be the best director, and also you could hire me. You know, I'm a, I'm around. You know. I if you want, look if uh, for a bitch that, you that's,
1: like part of the reason I'm like, I want to direct so that I can hire all my friends and just have fun.
0: Yeah. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. And like, no, like weird, you know, me too bullshit. Like, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, let's just make this fun. So I'm, I'm really excited. Like, I <laughs> yes. feel like I'm in a place in my life where you're at the
0: driver's I'm seat. I'm
1: looking for what's next. And I'm yeah, I'm, I'm in the driver's yeah. seat and I'm trying to I be like a little bit more you. like, okay, let's just see how this unfolds and what happens next. Cause I certainly know, I've been nothing but surprised at every turn of my life with how things wound up. So I'm just, you know, I'm here for the surprises, but like the good ones, because yeah. the ones that have been coming lately are kind of shitty. So I'll take some good <laughs> <Okay>. surprises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's just slow it down. There's mm-hmm. days when I'm just like, can we yeah. just not yeah, yeah, yeah. today?
1: Happy surprises, but you have right? Not end. loss of rights. Those are not fun yeah. surprises to think of. to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, ones that don't make you feel, like, sick and you right. can't eat and all that stuff. But look at my look at this awesome mug, though, which joy. is Bitches Against Bullshit, just
1: as a note Ooh, I to like leave
0: by. I love that. <laughs> Where can we find you on socials, by <laughs> the way? So uh, you're not on TikTok, but I'll have I to make you get TikTok. on TikTok. No, I'm on TikTok. on TikTok. You are? I just don't post okay, a ton good. on
1: there, and I haven't figured out how to, like, okay. post from Instagram to there. I don't know. Technologically. Okay. Challenged. I can teach you. I can teach all the things so we can get call you I'm going to and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, you can it. follow me on all socials uh, at Jody Sweeten on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, and I think that's all I'm on. Uh, oh, Facebook is okay. the official Jody Sweeten, and yeah, I'm hosting E Daily Pop this week, uh, and Yay. I do that every once in a while. I kind of go in and out of there, um, which is fun and yeah. and fun to do. And then several movies and directing and traveling oh, and a lot. Superstar. It's been a busy year, but I'm so grateful for it.
0: I am so grateful for it for you, Thank and you. you deserve it, and keep kicking ass, and, and, and be yeah. safe, please. I will. The world needs you around, <laughs> and I love you. And Do what I can. I'm glad we got to hang out again. Me this too. This was, like, really fun.
1: I know. Yeah, forget forget even, it, like, you know? recording it. I'm like, I just got to sit and chat with my friend yeah. for a while. So.
0: I know. That was so good. So good. And then how's
1: your pod doing? Are you still doing it? It's good. We're wrapping up our fifth season, and I think we're going to go on a little hiatus because okay. it's just been insane trying to get as uh, episodes done and all this stuff. And we also kind of want right. to refocus ourselves a little bit and and come back. The last two seasons have been like, really, we kind of figured our groove out. So we're like, how do we take yeah. that and do it even better? So,
0: and yeah. build it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in like a growth mindset. That's where I'm at too. So where can we find your podcast and yes. all that?
1: Podcast you can find, uh, it's never thought I'd say this. And you can find us on Instagram, Uh, at Never Thought I'd Say This. You can find us also anywhere you get your podcasts, what a Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, all that. Mm -hmm. Never Thought I'd Say This is there. And there are five seasons of ridiculous hilarity uh, of like 24 episodes each. So you can keep yourself very busy, start at the beginning and work your way up to uh, the crazy that is now. And it's, if you're easily offended by language, this may not be the podcast for you. There you go,
0: there you go. But there you go. If they're listening to they I'm starting to this, I'm starting let okay. loose on vulnerable. Right. I know. Because I was say I've been, I've been starting to swear. I said a couple of p's and b's and Ooh. s's and Ooh. I think I said one f. Oh So there my. you go, vulnerable right. people. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for Jody. We love her, and yes, thank you so keep much for your prayers. And Always glad yes, to be here. You know, I will. Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version.